Alright, everybody, welcome back in this exclusive second part of our Super Stuffed Weekend double feature episode of the show. Nick and I are back with the third film that we saw in theaters. That you demanded. Yes, you guys asked for it, and we delivered. We spent good money to go out. I can't thank you guys enough. Yeah. We spent good money and time that we could have used on anything else and went and saw the ch- the children's film, Dora and the Lost City of Gold. This film was directed by James Bobbin, who directed The Muppets in 2011, The Muppets Most Wanted in 2014, and Alice Through the Looking Glass in 2016. He cut his teeth in television with really legitimately funny television shows, uh, 11 O'Clock Show, Ali G and Flight of the Concords. Uh, and this movie was written by Matthew Robinson and Nicholas Stoller. Uh, Nicholas Stoller, I want to point out in particular, uh, was the director of Forgetting Sarah Marshall, but wrote many other comedies, including Yes Man, Get Him to the Greek. Uh, he wrote The Muppets uh, that James directed, uh, Sex Tape, uh, Muppets Most Wanted, uh, Neighbors 2, Captain Underpants. This guy's got a lot of comedies under his I belt. Love Captain Underpants. <laughs> um, and then obviously this is based on Dora the Explorer, uh, the TV show created by Chris and Guilford. And go Diego go. Yeah, uh, cre- uh, created by Chris Guilford, uh, Valerie Walsh uh, Valdez, and Eric uh, Weiner. The film stars Isabella Moner, uh, Eugenio Debrez, Michael Pena, Ava Longoria, Don- Danny Trejo. Uh, one quick thing before we get into the movie. You saw Sicario 2, didn't you? No. Oh, okay. The only no. other the only other thing that I knew her from, uh, which I actually found out after the fact, was that uh, she was uh, the main girl, like, caught in the conflict of uh, Sicario 2, uh, Deus Adaldo. Uh, uh. Outside of that, I didn't, I literally didn't know her from anything else. Um, just, but just looking at her resume, yep, nope, don't know her from a, from a darn thing. So, anyway, uh, this was not a, the film that I was expecting. <laughs> when all, no, it was not. <laughs> all, all said and done, this was not the film that I was expecting in a lot of really good ways and a lot of really bad ways. Um, this, is, this is the strangest movie we've watched for the show, and that's saying a lot. We watched Vampire's Kiss back in April, and this movie is stranger than yes, Vampire's this, Kiss. <laughs> this this includes all time machines too, like this was... just in terms of hey, I need to have a review for this movie. This is the weirdest movie we've had to do, and it's by a mile. Oh, but like, it's it's such a mixed bag in such a glorious, excuse me, in such a glorious way. <laughs> There's so many parts of this movie that you and I both were dying, like in tears, laughing. Like sometimes can, can sincerely... you say? Can you say neurotoxic paralysis? <laughs> thanks, deadly poisonous. What? Thanks, deadly poisonous frog. What? <laughs> um, there were so many parts of this film that, like, I was so sincerely laughing at it. There are other parts that were just kind of cringy, just like, oh, right, this is a kid's film. This is kind of getting dumb now. But, like, I can't say that I 
didn't have fun watching it. Like, I, I'm not... I'm not willing to go all the way and say that this is a good or a great film, but in terms of, like, a theatrical experience, I had a blast watching this movie. <laughs> the crowd I was with actually was a lot of fun. I deliberately went to a... Same. My, cr my crowd was one of the funniest movie crowds I've ever been with. The crowd that um, your showing started at, what, 9.30, right? Mine was 9.15. Okay, mine was at 9... 30 also or 9 30 so like right i had half an hour to kill between this and racing in the rain um so i get in at um i get in at like a little before 9 30 um i got something to eat and then i almost wanted to move up one row back because i was already sitting in the back but like there was uh one more row behind me and the woman sitting behind me was like with her family but like she was so vocally, like, I could audibly hear her go, wait, what? And then just start dying laughing <laughs> while I'm sitting in front of her just covering my mouth, just, like, trying not to, like, yell or anything, just like, what on earth is happening? Like, there's a handful when this of was over. When this was over, I texted Dan, and I was like, what the hell was this? I just, and all I texted back wasn't o OMG. I legitimately, like, wrote out, oh, my God. <laughs> this was such a crazy wild movie like you get a little bit of mean girls you get a little bit of kimmy schmidt the tv show you get a little bit of indiana jones you get a, a lot of a lot of monty python oh my god i was not expecting to like legitimately think so much of this movie was genuinely funny like we can dive yeah. into it in the spoiler section i don't want to linger in this part too much longer um i i I have been so on the fence with what I was going to rate this film. Like, I legitimately, it's been three days since I've seen this movie now. And I, I don't, like, I don't hate this movie, but I definitely don't, like, I can't decide if I ironically or genuinely like this movie, but uh, call this a cheat. I'm going to give this a half pan because, um, and maybe we can, like, process this a little bit talking about it together. Um, I, I wasn't bored. I did genuinely laugh. I do think Isabella is a great actress. Um, I think she can be a really good actress. I like what she did for this, uh, this older Dora. I like what James did to like try and adapt this to not just be like a pandering, like the show's the show. Like it's a show for teaching young kids how to learn how to like just talk and like uh, it's just an educational like preschool show it is what it is and james was just like no i am not doing this we're making this a family friendly action adventure with with a little bit of potty humor so the parents aren't bored like it's i love the way that song. he approached writing this and directing or not writing it i love the way he, that he approached directing this uh for parts that work and don't work i mean no the movie doesn't work completely but i thought there was enough charm in this film that like I, I, I'm sure anybody younger than us is going to love this film. I have no doubt in that. Uh, just a heads up, parents, there is a lot of humor that is very surprising for a PG movie, especially a Dora movie. Um, kind of shocking in how crude it does. It definitely pushes the boundaries for a PG film, which is something I never thought I'd say ever, pushing the boundaries in PG. Um, but, I mean, that's all I can Dora say. Dora the Explorer movie pushes boundaries. What? Yeah, yeah that's, all I, that's all I want to say, like, 
before we get into the section, I, we have to get a spoiler section. Um, what are you, what are your quick uh, spoiler free thoughts? Uh. I never saw a trailer for this movie, so I didn't really have expectations going into this other than I thought it was going to be just really a really dumb kids movie. This would have probably made my list of movies we were wrong like movies we were wrong about. Oh, this is definitely on that mine. we did last week cuz this, is... <laughs> this is so not what I was expecting. Mm. Um it was actually entertaining. I laughed I laughed way more than I like in the first 20 minutes, I had laughed so much that I thought I wasn't watching the movie right I, with I, how I expected it to go. This See, like, this makes me really wish we saw this together. We haven't seen a film together since Endgame. I really, really, really wish we saw this together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, my, my thing, I'm giving it a half pan uh, for slightly different reasons, but kind of similar reasons to Dan. Um, I can't tell if it's a parody. <laughs> I can't tell if it's supposed to be this funny or if they're like if they're parodying the show or what exactly they're do- it's just, it's so weird. I think um, I can dude, you can so tell that James like there's no way that he low key was just like okay, everybody thinks this is going to be just a dumb little kids film. Let's let's trick the people into coming in with those expectations and then we're going to bait and switch them as hard as I, as we can. Like, yeah, I'm sure there's no way that he didn't low key kind of do what you're talking about. Like, let's just it's make so, fun of our source material. It's so, it's so weird. Uh, it's not a movie that you need to see in the theater, but I'm going to encourage everyone, please see this. You know, if, if you're wanting to wait to see it at your home and just rent it and, or Netflix it or something, that's fine. That's not going to take anything away from it. There's nothing that makes it, you know, see it on the big screen. Oh, no. There, no. You don't have to. This is such a weird movie. Um, I was a little uncomfortable with how many nipples were in it. Um, <laughs> it, was just the, it was just the two, weren't it? Do the animated ones count? I... Yeah, like, because it, it, it's technically the same character in person and then in cartoon, but then that would technically be four. Well, I mean, that ties in kind of into what I was saying is, like, there's a lot of humor that is kind of surprising that's in a kid's film. Like, yeah. this guy definitely, like, tried to, like, I could, I felt, I feel like that he definitely made, like, a PG-13 director's cut of this, and Nickelodeon was just like, uh-uh, nope. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh... Yeah, half panned because I can't figure it out. But I I can't figure out, like, if it's supposed if it's supposed to be a you know a faithful Dora movie that's supposed to be a good quality movie, then it fails because it comes across as kind of hokey and weird and overly goofy. But if it's supposed to be a parody, it's a great parody. I can't figure out what it is, so it's a half pan because I don't want to praise it if it's if it's not achieving what it's wanting to achieve. But at the same time, it's so good at what it does that I want to praise it. I, I don't know. It's, I don't know. I really don't know. It's so weird. I think the film really wanted to just kind of take those elements and like kind of stay true to it while also just outright ignoring any of the rest of the source material and just try to make a funny adventure film that somehow managed to get a PG rating. 
Yeah. Because, I mean, really, Dora, to my knowledge of Dora, I've never binge-watched Dora, like, I really would <laughs> believe that, given the context and the setting of the story, she would, kind of like this Kimmy Schmidt or Lindsay Lohan in Mean Girls, just like, uh, okay, just be myself. Everything's great. And, like, her going, like, okay, let's just uh, just go ahead and, like, just put up the fence right now. Spoiler section. We're going to talk about everything in this movie. If you don't want to hear anything else, just look for the timestamp for the time machine and uh, go, go see Dora. Like, whether you end up liking it or not, like, or if you You're ironically like it. Yeah, you, oh my god, you are not going to be bored in this movie, and you are going to talk about it afterwards. There's a couple there, scenes that we're going to... So there are so many moments where you just go, wait, what? There's, like, a, there's more than a handful of moments that like you are going to talk about I, in the car when they're... When I got my over. money's worth for the movie in the first 20 minutes. Oh, I actually, like, we ended up cutting the kitchen just because you didn't get it, but, like, I actually wouldn't have felt bad, like, if this ended up being the movie I paid for, because A-list, I can only do three movies a week. I wouldn't have felt bad at all if I ended up, like, paying out of pocket for this movie. Like... <laughs> this is so weird. Oh, my God. So, anyway, like... Dude, the scene, the scene where... I, uh, one of the scenes that sticks out to me, like, I love when she's like, can you say neurotoxic... <laughs> Severe neurotoxic paralysis. Like, okay. What? Well, let's 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 then, let's set up then, the let's but, set up the the right off the bat first. Like the movie immediately like throws Dora like out the window. Like it starts out yes with the live action recreation of the opening theme. Like Diego's carrying a live tiger or a leopard, and then boots is boots, and like they're swinging through vines and they're going da 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 Dora like the opening, and then it immediately cuts from that to. Boots is real, but the tigers is stuff, or leopards is stuff, leopard, and they're just driving in a car, like I, a cardboard car. I will say car. that's a big de de detractor from the movie for me, is the animated portions look so not right. Like, Swiper and Boots look really out of place in this movie. They're sentient, they're sentient animals, of course they're gonna stand out. <laughs> I, I know, I know, I know, but what, I, what I'm getting at is, like, they just, they look too cartoony. Like, you know, you know how uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit works. Well, yeah, because they're cartoons. Like they, yeah, they but, literally but you know, were but cartoons. You know, but you know how it, you know how it works. This is going for that, and it doesn't work. Yeah, the the biggest thing, honestly, that I had with it was like at least Boots was still acting like a monkey, until the one scene he doesn't. Um, <laughs> um, but. After that setup, we're like, no, no, guys, this is the real world. Dora's not actually driving a Jeep with Diego. They're not going on these adventures with Swiper, or trying to stop Swiper. Boots is just a monkey. But then, but then, 20 minutes later, hey, JK, Swiper's actually real, and it's a real talking fox. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> this whole movie's supposed to be grounded in reality, quote-unquote, but Swiper's still real? What? <laughs> yeah. How on earth is... What? Okay, sure. Pass. We'll give you a pass, movie. Why not? Like, <laughs> so after that's all set up, Diego gets to go to, by the way, the city. Just call it L.A. Why do, Why was this movie afraid to call L.A. the... Like, L.A.? Like, that kind of bothered me a little Maybe bit. Maybe there was a licensing fee? I don't know. There's a... For a city. Um, I don't know. I don't know movies. But then anyway, like... All that backstory about, like, they're explorers. We're explorers. We're not treasure hunters. We're explorers. Cut to... Now she's, what, 17? Isn't she 17? She's in high school. Yeah, she, let's say, like, 16, 17. 
and then her parents say, you got to go to the city and you got to go have a normal life. That's, it's not worth getting into more detail than that. So then the next half hour of the film is basically like Mean Girls. And honestly, I was really, really, really on board with like, just if the movie didn't go into if a whole... If it stayed adventure. in that high school, that would have been really funny. Dude, if it didn't go off and be like Dora, Dora's like Indiana Jones kind of deal, like yeah. it, it was just Mean Girls, but with Dora the Explorer IP, I would have loved, I would have loved this movie and given it a full fan. It was hilarious. <laughs> I love that Diego, like Diego was like kind of like Dora, like loving, exploring, going out there, like wanting to be his own adventurer. And then high school's just destroyed his spirit. Like, he is the most cynical, <laughs> he's now depressed. dead inside. Yeah, like, he's the skinny dweeb, and, like, he hates high school, and, like, he's, like, trying to be Dora Sherpa, just like, oh, no, don't, don't talk to her. She's, a pla- she's, like, a plastic. And, like, who's that kid? Oh, there's a reason you don't want to talk to him. And he just starts getting the tar beaten out of him, and it's just like, that's why. Like, <laughs> like I'm, I, loved, I loved all that about diego is just that high school has just crushed him <laughs> yeah it's uh the th- the thing that's funny too is in the beginning like like i said in the first 20 minutes i got my money's worth like when she goes to the school and they're like unloading her backpack and <laughs> they're loading her backpack and they're like what's this oh that's a that's a that's a compact shovel for digging holes and trenches and and foxholes and poo well you can't take that with you what's this a flare What's this? Five five days worth of food rations? Hold on, you just completely glanced over the fact that a guy, a security guard, pulls out a flare and just is just like, what, what, no, you're lying, and lights it. Like, yeah! (laughs) Is that, and then then he's, and then she's like, what is this, five days worth of food rations? Well, you realize you can't bring any of this into school, and she goes, Oh, and this is a pitch, this is a pitch tent for when I'm sleeping on a cliff. Like, <laughs> she's like, she's like, the most dangerous thing in my bag is is my yo-yo, and you're saying that I could keep it. And then, like, ten minutes later, she's like, we have to, we have to cut through this and check what it is. And she pulls out a buck knife. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then the scary thing's coming, and she's like, we gotta protect ourselves. So she puts the knife away. It's like, no, stab him. <laughs> stab him now. I kind of also love that subtle little detail that the bell rings. And then there's like a hundred or like 200 kids behind her that are all now late for class. Like <laughs> I like, I liked the, um, the, <laughs> the thing at the lockers where she introduces herself to the video game nerd of the movie. And <laughs> she's like, hi, I'm Dora. You know, on your shirt, it's not here is here. She, we're not, we're not here. We're actually here. Cause he's wearing that. He's wearing that galaxy shirt that says you are here. So right. she draws on his shirt and a paint pen. And I was like, in real life, do you know what that kid would do? I'm sorry, what are you doing? And force her to buy him a new shirt. Uh, but now he's like, oh, no, I want to end up with you. It's adorable. Um, <laughs> okay, okay. I honestly kind of like that kid. Like, as the movie progressed... Oh, I, liked, I liked all the characters. I thought all the characters were great. The, you know the guy, what? The plot I twist of the movie this. that the one guy ends up being a villain, I kind of called from... Not from the moment he came on screen, but pretty early in it, I was like, nah, he's going to double-cross him. I didn't. I didn't really think that. Like, I. I mean, when it well, happened. Also, when it it's ha- also so much like Indiana Jones movies, and we just watched Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, and I was like, oh look, a double crossing guy, or a triple crosser, or a quadruple crosser. Sorry, I had to dig in Indiana Jones again real quick. Um. <laughs> Please don't. 
Um, no, in the moment, I was just like, oh, okay, I guess I should have saw that coming. But, uh, yeah. But yeah, no, like, as the ensemble's getting together, like, you got the dweeby kid that, I can hold my breath for seven, sec- seven minutes. Like, <laughs> I kind of love that payoff later in the film. I love that payoff, and I, I love how just... It's as, it's as weird and scary stories to tell in the dark as when the, that one kid is just like, I had that dream again. Like, it's as random as that. Was that not... I honestly kind of thought that was hilarious. Like, because we but find it, that... was, it was funnier because this movie is so bizarre and weird. It fits. Scary stories isn't. That's how that line works in a movie and doesn't work in another movie. Right. Like, hey, you want to go dance with me? Uh, I can hold my breath for seven minutes. Like... Yeah. What? I like to dance. And then she just walks away. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hold on. So um, that, that scene's where they're dancing and then everyone's making fun of her. By the way, real creative insult, dude. Just say, just uh, that one bully that just couldn't kept, just kept saying the same insult over and over again. What was the insult? Um, I don't remember. It's like, hey, it's Dorky Dora dancing. It's Dorka the Explorer. Dorka, that's it. Or dancing Dorka. Yeah, real real original guy. Just keep calling her Dorka. That's, that's like that's like that episode of Family Guy where the one guy keeps laughing, and goes, ha, ha ha ha, they're our rivals. Like, oh, right. got it, bro. <laughs> um, when when she's getting consoled by her grandma, I kind of wasn't that. I thought that was funny when she was just like, Grandma, am I weird? Eh. <laughs> you didn't say I like, you didn't say no like <laughs> i liked i i liked when they go to the the museum and the one lady goes so you need the oldest thing right yeah well they're unloading this ancient egypt exhibit in the in the basement and you know what i, I can tell you're trying to fit in so i'll let you into the basement to take a picture of this yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, that was an immediate that, red flag that, that something weird that, was going on. That, when that happened, I literally in the movie when that happened, I just went, "What? What? That's a stretch." And then and then they're there to betray her, and I was like, "Oh, okay. It may it makes sense that that doesn't make sense because they're there to betray him." Also, did you did you notice who uh, the one of the villains is? Um, which one? I'm trying to I'm trying to find um. Not Christopher Kelly. That was the the taller. Django Fett's in this movie. Django, that was who it was. Ah, oh, thank you for telling me. I I knew his face, and I was just like, why do I see? Why do I recognize his face? I'm looking. I for... was waiting for him to pull out pistol, dual pistols off his hips and start shooting, and I was like, how funny! Kind of disappointed by the end when that didn't happen. How funny would it have been if he got his head cut off? <laughs> but he do, he does get taken out with a shot to the head in this movie. Or no, he gets he gets the paralysis. Never mind. Yeah, they, I like that the frog they, when it paralyzes him just goes. Thanks, <laughs> thanks po- just like lightly touches him with one toe and he drops. Thanks, po- thanks, poisonous uh, dart frog, whatever the name was. Thanks, poisonous yellow tree frog. What's his name? I can't find him on IMDb. Like maybe he just doesn't know. have a photo on it. Uh, uh, whatever. Dan, I can't believe it's been fifteen or twenty-five minutes into this review and you haven't mentioned your favorite part of this movie. Well, I kind of don't want to. The poop song. I'm not. Tr- I don't want to try to like. I'm not trying to be as sporadic in this like we have been with our other reviews. But no, okay. dude. I I don't. I, I don't. I want to be sporadic in this because I wanted to just. Dude, there's just so much to talk about with the poop song. Okay. Yeah. There's nothing else to note in the high school sequence. They get kidnapped. Um. Oh my God. I. This is the. I. I 
it's it's crazy to me that within the span of what three weeks, because we had Conair two weeks ago, right? Yeah. In the span of three weeks, I've seen not only the funniest thing in a movie I've seen this entire year in Conair, just in general, <laughs> but now somehow Dave Chappelle causing a seven car accident with his corpse has been topped <laughs> in the most unexpected way imaginable. Literally, after they escape getting ch- chased, the one girl, the the one mean girl that like is threatened by Dora, is just like, "We have to stop." Wait, why? Because we have to stop. And then Dora's just like, "I know what's going on. You have to poop." Like, can I tell? Can I tell you where I thought it was going, and I was kind of surprised until I was proven wrong. What? I thought they were gonna say that she's having her time of the month, and I was like. Why are you putting this in a kids movie? And what is your payoff? That would have been a hard PG thirteen. So I'm kind of yeah, glad they didn't in, do. But that. instead, but instead, to their credit, they go for the lower bra- lower branch and they go with a poop joke. I'm kind of glad versus that idea. I'm really glad it wasn't that. And, and, but the payoff of the poop joke is so Dude, good. Hold on, we'll we'll get to the payoff because it's worth going through this whole scene st- or this whole sequence step by step. So Dora's like, all right. You gotta poop. Just come with me. And she's like, okay. And then Dora pulls out a shovel, pulls out that shovel, and then the just. The compact shovel. I wish I could remember the lyrics. I can't. I, listeners. She just starts. She basically is like, this is the way we dig a hole, dig a hole, dig a hole. This is the way we dig a hole to go poop in it. I mean, that's not the song, but it's the kind of song she's doing. It's not some busy, big musical song and dance number, but it's just. What? Not Why only, are you doing a poop song? Dude, like, not only, like, off mic, did I, not only did I spend a good literal 15 minutes trying to find this song online, he even spent just a the solid lyrics. 10 minutes trying to find this. I, yeah, I spent, like, 15 minutes trying to find the lyrics alone before we started taping this, because I wanted to recite the song. But then, like, as she's singing that digging, and the girl's just like, what? What? And then, and then Dora, like, collapses the shovel, and she's just like, I know you can do it. I believe in you. I believe in and, you. <laughs> and, and, bio, and biologically, you kind of have to. I'm like, so in the in the theater, like in the theater, I'm covering my mouth so I'm not cackling. I'm just like in my head, like more vulgarly than this. I'm just like, what on earth just happened? Like, this is a movie that I wanted to be just wanted to show. What is going on? I just watched Dora sing a two-minute song about taking a dump in the jungle, like. <laughs> this is hilarious and then uh, like two minutes later they're starting to get attacked by like these poisonous darts and they just run away and it cuts to her literally it cuts to that girl singing the song just quietly to herself just like this is what you do in the hole when you have to go and then she looks over and everyone's just like ah run and like they interrupt her taking her dump <laughs> and then so Dan, Dan and I, Dan and I have had talks before about possibly doing commentary tracks. Oh my god! Uh, this, like yeah. like for Greta, we've thought about redoing doing a Greta commentary track or something like that. In honor of it being the first movie we reviewed, I, I this has to be a commentary track at some point. Me and you have to at some. Oh, I am. Dude, I am a hundred percent on board doing miracle, this. If by a miracle this is out the weekend that that we see it together, do you kind of want to go see this again? Dude, if I remember right, I think the calendar 
only has it that week, I think it does. As long, <laughs> I mean, even if it's just two films, it and something else, like as long as it's not another three film I'm not weekend, talking about for the show, just me and you in general. Just get tickets and go. I am so on board for watching Dora again, honestly. Like, if as long as it's specifically with you or with Nicole, I am so on board watching Dora again. This is such a weird and stupid movie. Oh my! It was. I had so much fun watching it, though. Like I know. the next, like the next part, like the next part that like really made me like die laughing was um the quicksand. Like it was kind of dumb. I didn't laugh. Yeah. At the, I didn't laugh at the very beginning when they're just like, hey, I just like this... I just like how they're just talking and cracking jokes, and then Dora's like, guys, and then she went from being like ankle deep to like mid stomach deep in the quicksand in like a yeah. third of a second. Yeah. With like, no fart sounds. She's just like, she just goes, guys, what? Uh, uh, quicksand? It was, yeah, it wasn't, like, that was funny. That was funnier than them just, like, making all the fart jokes. Just like, hey, I ate a bunch of nachos for lunch. Like, like that was just, okay, now this is a kid's movie again. If you, if but you it thought was, my fart joke last week was egregious, it didn't go on for five minutes. It, yeah, the... <laughs> It was when the guy went through the sand and like came out and like he's just like I'm alive. <laughs> can, can I tell you? He's can right. I tell you what I thought would have been really really funny? And I and with the way this movie was going, I thought they would do. What on earth would be funnier than him like laughing and then crying? Like... I thought they would grab him by the ankles and pull, and it would be a different person. <laughs> <laughs> some dude's like, some dude's I corpse. Was, I was like, they just like pull it out, and it's like. Elton John or somebody <laughs> like oh my god thank what you. are you doing here thank you thank you guys I've been here for weeks <laughs> bloody crikey even though he's was, not Australian <laughs> was that not funny though just watching him just progress from like laughing about life to just yes, crying it, the scene the scene they do give us is funny I'm just saying when it started and, then, and they showed the feet I was like it's not a, it's about to not be him is it and then oh, they got him right. like, oh, okay never mind yeah <laughs> like, this movie's so weird the thing that it does that makes sense doesn't fit the tone of the movie where I'm like, it's going to be someone else. This, yeah. God, this movie's so... Honestly, you, I do, you comparing I do have... this to Monty Python is such a great comparison. Like, once they get into, like, the jungle, like, it plays out so much, oh, like, dude, with the slapstick this movie, this movie played, like, Monty Python and the Search for the Holy Grail, except it's the Search for the Lost City of Gold. Like, it played like if Monty Python did an Indiana Jones movie, but it was based on Dora the Explorer. That's what makes me so happy this director directed the film the way that he did. Like, James Bobbin just, like, again, immediately right off the bat is just like, nope, this isn't Dora. We're going to use you, the IP, but this is if, actually going to be a fun, funny adventure film. If you come up to me and you go, hey, we got another movie by whatever this guy's name is, and I was like, who's that? And you go, it's the guy that did Dora the Lost City of Gold. I was expecting to leave this movie and be like, oh, crap, I don't want to watch that. Now I'm like... I want to be the first one to watch it. Oh my god! I do. I'm gonna. I do have one. Yeah. I do have one complaint about the movie though. Uh, it went. It it went very fast. Like it was only like an hour and a half. It went very fast. There's a chunk in time, and I think it's after the water, the Zelda water temple scene. After that, like after the joke of I could hold my breath for seven minutes. After that line delivery. The comedy stops for a for a good chunk of time. Well, after like after they get out of 15, that, after, fifteen minutes go by where it suddenly feels very serious, like they're trying to do the story now. Well, yeah, like after the aquifer, like that's when 
uh, the big twist happens, and, like, they're all in danger, and, like, it's gotta have that little bit of moment to, like, reestablish, like, and raise the stakes, like, okay, this is when, this is the end of the film, like, this is, like, the point where Dora's gotta stand up and be a hero, and have, by the way, that amazing pep talk from Boots, oh my god, uh, yeah, I, I, there's that 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 drug trips that drug trip scene before that. Oh yeah, we need to address that first. I like how I like how they go when the when the flowers start shooting out their spores, they shoot the spores directly in the guy's face, and then and then they go, "Don't breathe in the spores." I was like, <laughs> I was like, he didn't he breathed nothing but the spores. That was as that was as more that was as much not air versus air ratio as uh tony montana in scarface like yeah <laughs> and they're like don't breathe the spores and then they start tri- i love that she's like they're not toxic spores if they were we would be dead by now and i was like why do you just know that i would she knew everything <laughs> she knew everything like at the beginning like when she's just like dora dora did dmt before this movie <laughs> like well when dora was just like hi like when she's doing her like selfie thing she's like Hi, I'm Dora. I'm about to get trampled. Can you say pygmy elephant? Like, <laughs> yeah. Can you see angry pygmy elephant? But no, so they've got, they've got, they've got, they start tripping, they start tripping out, and it becomes a cartoon, and it looks, it looks a lot like the cartoon series. Oh, it deliberately and the, looks the, like the a adult cartoon. in the scene rips off all his clothes and starts running around naked. Dude, I and they they establish later that a bunch of the stuff that happens is all a dream. I kind of like, honestly oh, thank God it was a dream, and then it looks and then it shows him when he's butt naked still. I was actually really worried. Like part of me wanted to just follow him on his trip for the rest of the movie, but yeah. also at the same time, like when uh, Diego and Dora like did their leap across the across the uh, the ridge. Part yeah. of me was genuinely worried about like, oh my God, is the next By scene the way, Dora when she did, dead? When she did that leap earlier and she fell. Do you realize how shattered her pelvis would be? How did she not destroy at least one of her ankles? Like, how was the next shot not Boots looking down and her leg looks like an L the opposite direction? Like, I'm okay, Boots. Can you get mom right now? Like, <laughs> <laughs> when when so. They they go back on the rich, but the the thing is, the guy that's with them, I would have thought it would be really funny as if Nicolas Cage was that guy. Oh my god. He would he wouldn't. Welcome turn to it... Brownie Points Guide to Cinema, the the movie review podcast with a from a guy with a film degree and a guy who knows how to work a DVD player, where they discuss how Nicolas Cage could fit into every movie they watch. We're gonna have to make a separate show about like how much better would this have been with Nicolas Cage. Like <laughs> And with how little roles he turns down, it's kind of amazing they didn't approach him for this. The cage, the cageuation room, instead of the situation room with Wolf Blitzer. <laughs> with with Wolf with Wolf Cager. <laughs> but uh, so they they find her parents and uh the one guy the one the guy betrays them after they find her parents. They figure out where how to get into the lost city of gold. They get in there. They 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 get in there or they kidnap her parents and the kids gets the kids get separated from them, so they're like we gotta get my parents back so they try and go get the the gold stuff. The one guy the one guy shows up and he's like I got all the gold. He's greedy and he ends up essentially probably dying from it. But all the all, the movie kind of ends with all the kids falling in love with each other and stuff like that. I'm not, well it's, no it's specifically Diego and um God I should have her actual name up here because I want to. I don't have it up here, but anyway, it's the, it's the one alpha girl that um, is threatened by her. Um, 
They, uh, I think I have the name up here. Tom. <laughs> uh, no, why? El no, the Elena's her mother. Where the? Why does this cast list not have all the kids up here? That's really weird. Um, anyway, not not to get too hung up on it, but no, it's the one girl that's threatened by Dora and Diego. And honestly, I there was the one scene where they thought they were all gonna drown, and he just offhandedly said something about like. No, I remember I've last always, time. I, I've always liked you. Is you you did that that one week I was looking at you a lot because you wore a lot of pink. Yeah, well, he was just like, yeah, it was that one time that you wore a lot of pink. Uh, that little awkward pause. I look at you, I look at you a lot, okay? Like, <laughs> I honestly kind of thought that was really sweet. Like, in the face of death, yeah. like, him saying that, I thought that was really funny and sweet. Yeah. Um, and then, like, at the end of the film, where he's just, where there, he, like, reaches out to shake her hand, like, well, I'm glad we got through this together. And she just kisses him. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. that was kind of sweet. And then, oh my god, and the other... Dora's staring at us again, isn't she? Uh-huh. And she's just got this face where she's, like, smiling. She's, she honestly is the creepiest peeping Tom ever. Dude, when Diego and her were having that heart-to-heart, -heart, like, Diego tried to cheer her up, and she's like, oh, you like her? You want to mate with her? Like, whoa, what? Like, Please never say that word again. Whoa, hold your roll. Like, let's not go down that road this time. Like, holy crap. That was... I just like that he's like, please never use that word again. Yeah, I can't remember what she said about, like, so-and-so uh, in the animal kingdom. Like, this gets accelerated through the mating process. Like, whoa, la-la-la-la-la-la. Like, <laughs> um, oh, we almost, uh, since we're at the end of the film, we, uh, you almost let me forget. We have to talk about, for a brief moment, about Danny Jerio being in this film. Because I remember reading that he was. and Me too, and I was like, what? Like, the whole time? The whole leading up to when he is in the film, like, part of me was just, like, Boots is just doing, like, Boots, like, ooh, ah, like, all that. So I thought, eh, why did they cast Danny for this? That's kind of weird. And then yeah. when Dora's all down on herself and she's just like, everyone's gonna die. I can't save them. And then Boots has this really weird face, like, I thought Boots was, like, having a stroke or a heart attack at first. <laughs> Like, just that weird way, that dead-eyed face that Dora, he was staring Dora at her Dora in the Lost City of Gold, the movie that's ridiculously hilarious and over the top. Also, a monkey has a stroke. <laughs> well, you know what I mean, right? Like, just that dead-eyed look. the weirdest endorsement. <laughs> you know that dead-eyed look he had, though, where, like, he's yeah. just not, Like, I was just like, Boots, why are you just staring at her? This is weird. <laughs> Boots, what are you doing? And then, and then Danny's just like, Dora, you gotta believe in yourself. It's like, whoa, what? <laughs> It came so out of nowhere. That woman I mentioned that was sitting behind me, she audibly, like, yelled, What? <laughs> and so, again, I just grabbed my mouth, and I'm just, like, dying laughing in front of her, just, like... I wanted to look behind her and just and just be like, This movie's so great. Like... <laughs> and he gives her this whole pep talk about just, like, You can do it, Dora. All you gotta do is believe in yourself. Like... And then she's like, Thanks, Boots. And then she's just like, Wait, Boots, I got a question. And then Boots is just, like, back to being a monkey. And then the kids, are, and then everyone else comes over, and she's just like, Guys, You can hear him talking, right? You heard Boots, right? Didn't you? And it's just like, ooh, 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 ah, ah. And they're all just like, Dora? Like, Dora, God, did you was... inhale those, those things again? God, this... That was so great. Yeah, I, I, got no, I got nothing else to say. Just go see it. I, or see it. Maybe don't go see it. Maybe maybe wait for it to come out on streaming or whatever. See this movie. Uh, well, 
what did you think of the ending though? Like with um, did you take anything away from the ending? Like the whole the whole payoff and like honestly, like, honestly that was kind of cool. Like the guy this just being stupid was just like he thought the gold was the key when really it was water, the source of life, and like uh, that whole payoff with like the Mayans um, in the temple. Like I said, it go, it, the weakness of the movie is that like 20 minute chunk towards the end with, with the payoff and like the adventure yeah. coming to the end. Like when it yeah. obviously it's not trying to be like a comedy anymore. Yeah. Once it stops trying to be a comedy, yeah, it's not that good. Yeah. Uh, I guess the only other thing I want to say is, uh, Michael Pena and Ava Longoria aren't in the film that long, but they are really, really funny too. All right. You didn't think it was, well, I mean, it did kind of go on a little too long, but I, just because it was Michael Pena when he was just yeah, like, there's a couple times where they let it go too long. It's like, I already laughed. Stop trying to milk it. But it was also nice chemistry and editing whenever she's just like, okay, sweetie, you can stop now. Like, <laughs> yeah. I like, I did kind of like when his, his only warning about LA was just like, you got to watch out for clubs because they got music where they go. <gasps> when they said ra- they're ravers, I was like, movie, if you say ravis, I'm concerned about your tone. Well, that would have been such a dad thing for Michael Pena's character to say. Like, when, especially with the whole thread is just like, he gets that whole two minute riff of just like, and like, oh, and then she's just like, okay, you can stop now. <laughs> Honestly, that was kind of funny. That was his best part. Yeah. No, I'm talking about like, there's, there's sometimes where it's like, dude, stop. Yeah, it's, it's good. Go see it. It's, it's, it's funny. I thank you guys. I, I will proceed. Thank you for voting, for voting for us to go see this because if not. We would have missed out on this, Jim. We didn't lose the kitchen because of this, but I'm so glad that... Yeah, we, we lost the kitchen because uh, the closest it was showing to me was an hour's drive away. There was no and way on earth that movie would have been to- On top of this already being a busy weekend, I've also been going to Colt's training camp every Saturday and Sunday for the past three weeks. Um, so my schedule was like, I do not have time to drive an hour out of my way to go see a movie. There's no way on earth any of these movies besides Dora would have been worth an hour drive. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't, I don't blame you at all. But I mean, again, not that they're connected to each other, but I'm so, so glad we capped off our theatrical films with this instead of The Kitchen. Yeah. Like, I, again, I haven't seen it. Maybe it's great. If not, I mean... Thank you, guys. I will proceed to eat my own words with my own poo shovel now. As- I think I think I told Dan when it was done. I I've just sent <laughs> I sent effing told you we needed to make time for this. I yeah. You can see I'm breaking out my poo shovel. While we're on break before the time machine, I will eat my words when we come. Dan's gonna eat his own poo words. <laughs> classic. Poo words. Classic us. <laughs> Um, with that with that we're gonna take a break and jump into the time machine we're going to go to somewhere upstate i can't remember where doubt takes place but we're gonna go to 2008 uh i think maine yeah yeah probably i don't know who cares um (laughs) we're (laughs) we're gonna go to 2008 and we're gonna go watch the critically acclaimed philip seymour hoffman meryl streep and amy adams film out. Be right back. All right, guys, welcome back. We've just gotten out of the time machine and we've landed in 2008. 
to talk about Doubt. This film is written and directed by John Patrick Shanley, and he adapted it from his own play. Uh, I can't remember the year that it came out, but uh, regardless, uh, it was a big hit on the theater circuit. And Didn't you say, or the movie or the play? Uh, the play was a big hit. I mean, the film was too, but uh, the play was... Well, no, no, did you say you can't remember what year the movie came no, out? No, the play, the play. I was gonna say I thought you said it was your favorite movie of OA. No, no, no. It was, it, but that's true. Yes, it is. Probably it's. I was thinking about it, and yes, this is. Not to get too far ahead of myself, this is definitely my favorite, if not easily top three or five, favorite films from 2008, and honestly, just uh, one of the better films I've ever seen. But anyway, uh, John wrote it from his own screenplay or his own play, adapted it himself, and directed the film. It's eh, the film himself. Uh, you will probably know John best uh in a cinematic way uh from writing and directing uh joe versus the volcano uh did he direct joe yeah writing and directing joe versus the volcano uh and he also won an academy award for writing uh the share film and nicholas cage <laughs> six degrees of nicholas cage uh how much can we re- make make reference to him in a week yeah um anyway the share nicholas cage film that won share and himself oscars uh moonstruck which, by the way, that's going to be on our time machine. That... Do you believe in life after love? <laughs> by the way, that's going to be on our time machine eventually. When it's on, when it's on a platform that you have, we're going to watch it. Because Moonstruck's great. Um, anyway, this film stars Meryl Streep, uh, the late but great Philip Seymour Hoffman, Amy Adams, and Viola Davis. All four of these actors were all nominated for Academy Awards. Meryl Streep for lead actress, uh, Phil for supporting actor, Amy and Viola for supporting actress, uh, and John was nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay. Um, it, the film didn't win any of these Academy Awards uh, somehow. Uh, I thought Meryl Streep should have, and I thought John should have, but what do I know? I'm not an Academy member. Yeah, they both have a scene together where that would have been the clip played for the academy award like nomination probably and i don't see how anything could beat it yeah uh just looking at it since we're on it uh this was the year that slumdog swept the oscars uh it won screenplay because it was an adapted screenplay over this sean penn beat uh or no sean penn was lead actor no one's up for lead actor uh kate winslet beat meryl for the reader which was a great film not saying it's not uh Phil was not going to win this. Uh, Phil was not going to win this because he lost to Heath Ledger for the Joker, um, and then uh... and then Viola and Amy both lost to Penelope Cruz. But I remember back then she was just on a tear, winning every award for Vicky Cristina Barcelona. So uh, anyway, if you guys don't know what this film is about, this film is centered in a Catholic school where the principal, played by Meryl, thinks that the pastor of the church. Philip Seymour Hoffman, uh, did some pretty horrendous, uh, sexual acts against, uh, one of the children in the school. Um, she's a student, or he's a student in Amy Adams's class, and Viola plays his mother, and I just, it's not a, it's not an easy topic to talk about. I, I do want to say that f- right up front, before we get any more into this, this is pretty a pretty minimal jokes in this. This is review, a guys. This is a very serious topic. This is a very serious film. Um, it is especially reappraising it now. This didn't come out during Me Too. This came out obviously ten years before Me Too was a thing. Uh, so it's kind of fascinating taking a look at it now. Um, however deep into the comparisons between 
or how that you could look at this through a Me Too lens. Um, I mean, we'll, we're, you're going to listen to us play this out in real time, more or less, because we deliberately didn't really talk that much about the film to each other because we want it to just be as organic and process this film uh, just in the moment as much as we could. Um, this was probably like my third, fourth time watching this film, and I still think this is great. I, I think this is a very powerful film. I think this is... I think this is borderline mandatory viewing for anybody that wants to be an actor um, or if you want to figure out how to write a great screenplay. I, this is still a home run. I could probably, I mean, it, I don't, it's not to say that I could watch this film every day or necessarily would want to because this is such a serious movie. <laughs> such, it's got such serious <laughs> themes. And I watch it daily. It, That's depressing. It's got such serious things, uh, subject matter to it. Um, I mean, I've already basically said all I want to, or all I can for my kind of summation of the film. I think this is a brilliant masterpiece film. All, uh, spectacular acting across the board. This is John's best film. Uh, better than Moonstruck, but very different than Moonstruck. <laughs> um, uh, for obvious reasons. Uh, but you never seen this film before. Just Not only had I never seen it, I had never heard of it. Yeah, what did you think of this movie, dude? Before we go into, like, I, uh... before we get into what we think how we interpret the ending of the film. What did you just think of the film in general? Just at face value up front. So this movie was similar to Dora the Explorer, uh, in one way. I never saw a trailer for it. I never saw a trailer for Dora. I never saw a trailer for this. You, you gave me a very quick summation, uh, last week of it, of Philip Seymour Hoffman plays a priest accused of, uh, sexual misconduct with a, uh, student at a Catholic school and Meryl Streep thinks he did it. That's all you said. Um, I wa- I actually watched this with my parents. Um, great, Kelsey great wasn't fa- over that night. Great family night movie. <laughs> well, Ke- Kelsey didn't come over that night, so I, I asked my parent. I asked my dad. I was like, "Hey, this movie sounds really interesting." And so we watched it. The movie ends. It's just silent for about like ten seconds, and then you just it. Then my dad goes, "Well, it was good." Like, it's it's a very difficult movie to talk about because, man, it's such a dark subject matter. And the one thing that I, I, I uh, found very interesting about it is it talks about um, why, like, what, or one thing I found interesting is when this the stuff broke in the news, I mean... Uh, it seems like it's cyclical, but it seems like every like seven years we suddenly hear about the Catholic Church having this problem, um, where it's like, hey, seriously, this is wrong, and then it gets it gets quote unquote taken care of, and then a couple of years later it comes back up again. Well, yeah, well, but well, um, most of the time, taken care of is just sending the priest to another church. Like, I've seen and people are murdered. Um, yeah, I've seen plenty. I've seen plenty of documentaries about what. Yeah. how the Catholic church just kind of plays hush hush with these pastors and not to say it's yeah. everybody, of course, not to say it's everybody, but those rotten apples that do get caught. I sure. Maybe some do end up going to jail. I mean, I don't, I can't recall it any offhand. I'm not saying I'm an expert, but it's not unheard of to just have them get shipped off to another church in the same state, but like five towns over like two, three hours away. And there's still a pastor. Yeah. Yeah. So, but the thing that I thought was interesting that it brings up is 
you know, why don't parent? Why don't the parents seem to care as much? Uh, Viola or v, how do you pronounce her name? Viola Davis. Yes. Um, she gets talked to in the movie, and she basically kind of says, "Is his life's crap, but and the school is kind of his only chance to get to a better one, and he just has to make it to the end of the year." And the teacher is kind of like, "Dude, the priest is doing things," and she goes, "Oh, I understand, and it's killing me inside, but." If we can just put up with this for like four more months, we can we can just move on from it. And I was like, I'm not saying that's a valid point, but I've never heard that brought up ever of if we just suffer for now, it's better in the long run. And I was like, wow, that's that takes this already dark movie even darker. And that is just crazy. Um, well, to play devil's advocate for just a split second, like, wh- how... Just looking at it through the lens of, like, that time, like, would you... This It would be fascinating to, like, see or try to do some research if it's even possible to, like... if To, to try and figure out if, like, that would be kind of a more... In their time, in their eyes, people in the late 60s like if that would would be a more common approach like with how private a matter it was like how many closed door meetings did happen like that where it's just like and and maybe if she, Dude, maybe Philip, if she's in the state of a maybe if she's just in such a state of denial too where it's just like my husband already probably beats me I've seen him beat our kid because he is gay like, because, I mean, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. The kid is gay. Like, she basically says it without saying yeah. the words, he's gay. Like, yeah. she's already well, other, got all other, that on her plate. One of the plate. other things, too, she says that she's never met the priest, but one thing I sent to you is Philip Seymour Hoffman, before, um, before the scene where he calls the student down to his office for when the incident happens, I said to you, he's, he's incredibly charming. And that's one thing that I found very interesting throughout the movie is Philip Seymour Hoffman is the cool, relaxed adult figure for a lot of these kids in the movie. While at the same time, you know, you can see how he's trying to help these people grow and become good, responsible adults. He is the, but the entire, like the entire time I kept saying, there's like, I was like, man, he's really charming. I get why people would feel safe around him and that makes it even more dark because it's not like he's the jerk teacher and then he just like grabs the kid gets him drunk and does something like he abuses the relationship he has with this kid so i i mean i guess we might as well just like beyond the viola part like just get into like the meat and potatoes of this like did you did you not think that he did it like I 100% think he did it. I don't... Because of the... Well, the first confrontation is actually when I was convinced he did it. Which... Co- when they call him when they call him in the office and it's uh, Meryl Streep and Amy Adams, uh, he never denies anything. And uh, like, like I said before, my uh, minor's in psychology, so we study human behavior a bunch. Um, the... I mean, if it's a false accusation... It's a very it's a very responsible one to get angry about, but he immediately he's not shocked. He just immediately is angry, and there's never an outright denial. 
and all until the very end. But the other thing too is based on his remarks, you can tell the entire time he's just treading water till he can formulate a story in his head. That's what every that's what every single one of his remarks is through that entire conversation until he comes up with the story of I found him drinking the wine at the altar wine. He never he never he never comes up with uh, he never has a story from the beginning. It's just a denial. It's denial. I, I can't believe you're saying this of me. This is ridiculous. Why are you saying this? You have it out for me. This, 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 this. And then he finally at the very end is like after five to ten minutes where he's having a conversation that he's clearly not fully engaged in because if you look at his eyes, he's not engaged in talking with him the entire time. Um, he's formulating something in his head and then he's at the very end he's like all right this is the story bye see i i kind of like it's part of me truly believes that he didn't and like i've and every time i've watched this like it's not that i would i'm gonna chastise you and say no you're wrong and this is why like and that's part of why i think this is a really brilliant film is that you can John does the such one, a phenomenal job staging things in such a gray way where one of one of the best compliments I can give this movie to in more ways than one is it doesn't show a rape scene. Um, it literally it, the only thing it shows is the kid gets called down and then he comes back and his behavior's a little off. Yeah, he but it's but it's not him like, oh, hey, pastor. And then and then it doesn't show him like behaving overly drunk like it it's so subtle well who's who's to say that like he wasn't already like a little bit tipsy and then this whole time or the time that he's gone and then he comes back and god knows like what what if they just had like a really serious talk and like that weight of that kid like he wants to do really good there he's the only black kid there and then the pasture of all people just said, I know you drink. Well, I know you. Dr- I know you drink wine. She goes, I, I'm gonna take. The, also, at the end, at the end, where uh, he never, uh, he never denies it. In the end, he's like, I'm looking out for the kid. And then, at the end, when she goes, I called your other, your other ones. He never says that's not true. He just gets all quiet, and he's like, All right, I'll, I'll, I'll do this to leave. That is his, his admittal. You don't, see, you don't see that as just like. You th- you see that as his middle of just like okay I'm caught. If he wouldn't, if he wasn't a child molester, he would have put his foot down and said that's said that isn't true. You're lying, and he never did. At at when she said I called your previous ones and they said you removed for sexual misconduct with kids. Never says it. You don't think that he could have just been like, just given up. And just like, okay, no. this fight's not worth fighting anymore. You're, if you, you're going to try to just keep finding things to try to get me in trouble. Like, you just don't like me. No. No, it's a, to me, that's an admission, admission of guilt based on his behavior and what he says throughout the movie. But I, I was convinced. That scene didn't convince me of it. I was convinced in the first confrontation where he's clearly biding his time the entire time to formulate a story in his head, and then at the very end he says it. So literally at that point forward, literally none of the rest of the film, like... The entire time I was convinced after that point. At, so like when he, was consult, when he was talking to Amy Adams and everything that Meryl went through, like in her, all, all her own little things, like... No. 
See, I... That's fascinating to me, because I... I just was so... The scene, the scene with Amy Adams in the courtyard came across as emotional manipulation. See, I... That's... Maybe it's just... Maybe it's just my own naivety, then. Because, like, I just... Pretty much every time, like, I never, like, thought... Like, I always could see, like... I, I could see, I like, little... It, but I can't prove it, basically, is what I'm getting at. Based on his behavior and the way I understand human behavior to be, it, to me, is exhibiting signs of, of extreme guilt. The whole, th- the whole time, to me, like, I... It would... It always read to me as just, like, that kind of self... Not self-defeating, but just, like... It's... Because it's established so early in the film that, like, there's a history with them. Like, when he leans over to the blonde kid, it was just, like, the dragon is hungry. Like, that's a history... Yeah. That's pathological history of just, like, they've had beef with each other, like, since the moment they met each other at some point before this film. Like, so, from that standpoint, that's kind of how the whole rest of the film at least carried through me, as in, he just doesn't want to put up with this anymore. He doesn't yeah. want to put up with Meryl Streep anymore. And, like, him just, more or less, just, like, throwing his hands up, and it's just, like... Wow, you've sank this low. You want to degradate my character to this extent when the pastors know that I'm cool and Amy thinks I'm cool. Nobody's got any beef with me but you because I like ballpoint pens. I like Frosty the Snowman. That you would go so low as to just say that you molest a kid and have no proof whatsoever. Screw it. I This isn't worth it anymore. Like, that is really interesting, though. I honestly never thought about that, though, like... That he never outright says, like, no, I didn't do this. Where I want to, wouldn't you, what would he, you think okay. of the argument of just he, like, why would he, he never He never outright that? says, no, I didn't do it until the very end of the first conversation. He well, does, after he, that, well, why continuously would he, say he didn't do why it. Why would he, let me argue this, why would he need, why would he need to say that? By entertaining this, like, why would he entertain this thought if he knows he didn't do it? Why would he feel the need to have to say it when this is such a messed up thing that he's been accused of doing? Uh, I, I will. The one thing I do want to say too, um, of Sil- Philip Seymour Hoffman, like he has scenes where, like, they are showstopper scenes, like. I, there, his acting is so good that if you were like walking by somewhere and this movie was just playing, you'd stop walking by even if you were running late for something to watch what was going on. Or say you were on your phone while you were watching this, it gets so good that you would put down your phone and start watching it. Like it's some of the best acting we've seen for this show. The confrontation where he and Meryl Streep are just by themselves, not the one with Amy, but the ones where where they're by themselves and he's just like, and he's just like, have you never once stepped away from God at any point in your life? You are going to do this by dragging my character down like this. And she's like, I will do anything I need to to prove you did this. And she, like, grabs her crucifix and she's like, oh, and I'm damned to hell. Like, oh, my God. Like, I stopped breathing at that moment. Like, e- even yeah. now, just because of how at the top of their game I, that they I will were. say... As at early in the movie, I was expecting Meryl Streep to start being like the penguin from the Blues Brothers, oh. <laughs> and just like close it or have a door open and then like levitate backwards and then cl- the door closes by itself. Yeah, <laughs> God, can we talk about Meryl for a minute? Just how so yeah. freaking good she is in this. Like right off the bat, like 
in the church uh, when Philip is giving that whole sermon, that whole first sermon, um, when she's just walking down the aisle and she like grabs the kid's head and it's just like, sit up straight. And then that beautiful moment where like you see her head just like bob down and then it tilts. And then she goes, <clears throat> and like the kid sits up and like wakes up. Like, yeah, she's a that's a beautiful way to establish like just how towering and, and intimidating that she is. Like, she really runs that place with an iron fist. Like, yeah. she's the horror stories that you hear about when people who've been to Catholic school are just like, oh, yeah, the teacher that almost broke my fingernails with the ruler. I, I believe her. <laughs> I believe Meryl Streep yeah. is that evil. Well, I mean, not evil. There, but like there were people right. that went and saw this movie, and they were similar to the ones that went and saw Saving Private Ryan and left because they were so traumatized. They're like, it brings up too many memories from when I was in the war. People went and saw this, and they're like, she's too accurate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, not to paint with a broad brush, but like, I I've no, I, I know there, there's definitely some schools that had uh, yeah. mis- uh Mother Aloysius or what? Sister Aloysius, which whichever mother. Yeah, it's something sister. like that. Sister Aloysius. Yeah. Um, out of all these performances, though, um, I mean, honestly, like, it's so splitting hairs to like pick any one person that was like my favorite. But I, I texted you this. I mean, I if gun to my head, I had to pick one actress I thought was like one actor that was the best in the whole film. Honestly, I think this is my favorite Mel Street film, and I think that's just I. And really, mainly, more or less, I guess, because she's the character that we follow it all the way through, and, like, she just carries it with such a com- complex performance, because she really is, like, she's convinced of it until we find out that she wasn't. Like, the fact that she... Yeah. That also weighs into me, like, why I don't necessarily think that he did it. Like, I err more to the side that he didn't, because when she breaks down and tells Amy Adams, I had such doubts... She didn't even I be- thought she was saying I have doubts in terms of my religion. I took it as I had doubts that I could I had doubts that I could get away with this. I had doubts I had, I had I doubts it, that I, I took was it to mean I have doubts in terms of our the system our church has in place because they're not disciplining these people, they're just moving them. See Cuz he technically he got a promotion out of it. Yeah. And I took that to mean she has doubts out of the system because he got to do that and then he got moved and got a promotion. Oh no, I had I took that as I she had doubts that she could get away with this and that she could prove it and that she even had problems convincing herself that he did it. Like, yeah. I God, that is such. Can you not see like why, why I love this screenplay so much? Is that we both have interpreted this in just such a drastically oh, I'm not, I'm different way. I'm not denying way. it. I I give this movie a full pan with sprinkles. Like it's phenomenal. Oh, I'm dumping the entire canister of sprinkles on this film. I could re like I said I could rewatch this film so just not. I don't want to watch it every day because it's a little heavy. But God, like <laughs> Dan's like I want to I want to downer every single day. And uh, I mean I've already just how brilliant Meryl is, uh, how how brilliant the screenplay is it's just like it paints everything concretely but also still so vaguely enough that it allows for such interpretation like you've talked about this film way differently than i have i remember when i talked to my mom about it we had a very different conversation than the one that we're having like i'd have loved to have been there with your parents to like talk about this movie like i we didn't really talk about it it just ended we all kind of sat there in silence like oh my god (laughs) but see like that's so that's so brilliant like how accessible this is though like when when could you when could you last think of a film that like 
I'm a, like you could recommend it, it you could recommend this to anybody, and too. most people like it comes in with such accessibility that you can watch something this heavy and not like find it exploitative or uh, really like you could actually take something away from this and talk about this and like um, it actually for the merits of the story, not just because like something like notably just like egregious happened. Like, yeah, I mean, it reminded me of the post a lot. In which ways? Like, that's interesting. Just, just the blunt ad- addressing of the subject matter. You didn't equate this more to like, uh, like Spotlight, because Spotlight really is about the Pulitzer Prize winning. Uh, I never saw Spotlight. That would make sense. <laughs> um, Spotlight <laughs> is about the. Pul- Let me stop you right there. I never saw the movie you're talking about. That movie, uh, well, one won the Oscar for best film. And it's about the writers in Boston in 2002 that really brought pedophile priests into the mainstream uh, through their investigative reporting that won them a Pulitzer and, like, busted so, so many priests in the Boston area. And at the time, it was just earth-shattering. Like, this was really, like, when the dam broke and mainstream really started to understand that like oh my god there is a systematic problem of like pedophile priest dude like yeah this was nuts um so um i guess i could talk a little bit about some trivia that i mean i don't have a lot i was gonna say i don't really have that much more to say about it's it's so phenomenal uh but it's really short too that's but it's just it's it's a it's not there's nothing to make jokes of in the movie um, it's such a dark subject matter. Um, yeah, I, I mean, other than the trivia, you want to say, I don't really have much else to say about it. Cause it, it just, everything's so good about it. Yeah. It's, I love how tightly wound and knit it is. Like it doesn't overstay its welcome. It never drags out any one particular scene. Like honestly, yeah. like every single moment, like you'll just naturally be pulled into and like want to read and analyze every single line of dialogue. Like, just to yeah. pick all those little little clues and things. Like, just... Because the mystery of just, like, oh, my God. Like, did he do it? Is she just being psycho? Or is he actually, like, the wolf in sheep's clothing? Like... And yeah. I love that it never overtly says it. And that ties into part of the trivia that I have for this is that John allegedly has only ever told if the pastor did it or not before taping... Or before going out on stage, literally to only the fathers. Never told any of the supporting actors, never told any of the crew. It's literally a, a, a secret strictly between the two of the, the two men, whoever played the pastor and him. Oh, okay. When you say father's the pastor, I thought you meant like the father of the child. Oh, no, 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 no. Be- well, the father's not, not in the play or the film. But no, okay. uh, between you. the pastor and him. So before they started taping, Philip knew what at least John Patrick Shanley, like John knew when he was writing it and Philip knew while he was filming it. So what, every kind of direction that John gave him on set to be a Mm -hmm. fly in the wall, to listen to that, like whether it really was like, no dude, like you're innocent, you're fighting for yourself. Like, or like how you interpreted it. Like, okay, she's getting a little closer to figuring out, but she still doesn't have any proof. That's your yeah. motivation. Like, God, I, I do and don't want to know. I really do and don't want to know. Like, yeah. the, it, it kind of makes me think of this movie once. Um, 
it's about um, two singers. I think I may have talked to you about this film before, but like it's about these two artists in Dublin. Um, one is just a girl that just happens to sing, but um, or sing very well. But she does kind of like day labor. Like she'll clean a house one day, she'll babysit another day. Like, but this guy yeah. is a, an aspiring musician, and like they bond while they get the money to help the guy make an album, and he falls in love with her, and even though she's married and has a kid, he can't deny it. He loves her. And when he outright asks her, do you love him? She replies to him in her native Chechen tongue. And there's no subtitles. And you have no idea what she says. I found out what she says. And I've hated myself every single day for finding that out. Because now that mystery is gone. And... That was part of the brilliance of that film is that you never heard her say if she loved him or not. And yeah. uh, I hate I hate myself every day for knowing what she said. And yes, once it's going to be on our time machine list whenever it goes streaming, because right now it's not. But then don't spoil it. No. Oh, my God. I, I that's I'm never going to bring that film up again until it comes up in the time machine. Um, but yeah, just looking through this again. Uh, 2005. Here we go. The play came out in 2005 and it won a Pulitzer Prize like. It should the Oscar the Oscars of writing is the Pulitzer yeah. for anybody that doesn't know. Uh, but yeah, it's rare, I, or maybe it's not necessarily rare. But I mean, at least I don't, I'm not a Pulitzer historian. But for a play to win a Pulitzer is a pretty big deal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I mean, this was on the blacklist as well in 2007. Um, if you know what the blacklist is, that's um, the show. No, the blacklist. The script. There's a there's a secret list of scripts that are undeveloped um that are that are called the blacklist and it's these scripts that like studios like don't touch but inner circles of writers know are great um and this was just on the blacklist is like every year people release the list of like the 25 best blacklisted scripts of the year and then it's up to producers or writers or whoever to like look through those and just be like, oh, this is kind of interesting and, like, kind of find scripts that way. That's just one avenue that you can go down to find scripts. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a low-key big deal for, like, writers and in the industry to, like, when the list comes out, like, everybody wants to take a look at, like, what those scripts were because of, like, how uh, the studio system works. Like, you're not going to find, like, a studio film on there. Like, these are, like, I don't know, I'm... I, and not 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 to necessarily say like Oscar bait, but like films that studios would kind of like not necessarily like put their put their money behind or on the blacklist. It's yeah. Um, but yeah, the other the other only bit of trivia um, that I have on here is about Viola herself um, and her snot crying. Um, she was nominated for um, her Oscar for only appearing in two scenes, and. Um, Oh, I thought this was going to... Never mind. This wasn't... I thought this had more detail into it. Um, I should have done more research on it. Um, <laughs> the trivia is that she was a, she got an Oscar nod for being in the film for two scenes. And should she have won, I just know this, she would have definitely have been in that same... Uh, in that same category as... Um, oh, uh, the woman who played the queen in Shakespeare in Love. Um, Judy Dench. She would have been right there next to her as like the shortest performance ever to win an Academy Award. 
Because, I mean, you remember, like, Judy was literally, like... I remember when you told me, I was like, she what? <laughs> yeah, she she would have been right up there with her. Like, in terms of nominations, I, I know there's uh, there's Network. There's that one character in Network that's literally in the film for one scene for five minutes, and she got an Oscar for it. Not a nomination. She won an Oscar for it, too. Mm. Um, but, yeah, man, I... I don't really have much else to say about this other than... Yeah, I, I say we wrap it up, because it's, it's really good, go see it, but it's it's hard to just discuss. Yeah, well, I mean, not hard to... It, just the subject matter itself just makes it, like, be sure you're with good company. Like, be sure you're with appropriate company to talk about this film. Don't be Dan and take risks on date movies and pick this. I took my mom to see this. I didn't take a... I'm just saying with your history of stuff we watched for the show, and you went, I've made this a date movie. This is one where I'm telling you don't. Yeah, no, this is not a date movie unless you're already married. <laughs> and even then, be careful. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's all we got for this. Let's get back into the time machine, and we're going to talk to you about what is coming up next week. All right, guys, that is it for this super stuffed episode of Brownie Points. Our double fudge brownie episode. Yes. <laughs> our, well, our uh, think, first. We might have more. <laughs> yeah, probably, with how busy the schedule is. Um, I got to thank Isla Marvin um, Fugue for the music, as always. Fugue. <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks, always, for the music. Uh, sorry, I'm stumbling trying to pull the calendar up. Uh, next week. We have another triple feature along with a trip into the time machine. Uh, it's going to be another for this again. <laughs> yes, we got another double fudge stuffed brownie episode, which includes the comedy Good Boys. Uh, the <laughs> we also got the Kate uh, Blanchett drama Where'd You Go, Bernadette, and then. Uh, the movie I've been least looking forward to this entire year from the day I found out that it was greenlit last year. We have to watch the sequel to 47 Meters Down. 47 Meters Down Uncaged. Tune in next week to hear Dan have a panic attack. Oh, I don't want to go to this. Not because it's it looks bad, because... Oh my god, Dan, I've told you before. Dan and, Dan and I both you. very much are not fans of open water, and I think Dan is by far more of not a fan than me. I saw, I'll tell this again on Mike when we see this, the whole first film, I made myself go watch it in a theater it, and is it I streaming was, anywhere? By the way, I actually never saw it. It's on Netflix. <gasps> Ooh. Yeah. All right. I, I think watch it's still that on tonight. Netflix. It's still on, it's still on Netflix. I think I can, um, while I'm telling you about basically the whole first film was just a, Hundred minute panic attack for me. Um, Dan's just sitting there. Ah! Ah! Sir, if you don't stop, we're gonna have to, to ask you to leave. I'm sorry. Um, yes, it's on Netflix. I just pulled it up. Right, um, but no, like it was, it was legitimately like not me screaming, but like my hands up by my face, just like <laughs> not screaming, but just like the person next to me could throughout the movie he just hear like. Like, I'm sure I pissed the person off next to me because, like, I was trying not to, like... I was legitimately, like, freaking out the whole movie, so... Dan crapped his pants out of fear. <laughs> this is gonna be fun! Not... 
I hope so. <laughs> At least we get to watch a comedy because Good Boys looks really funny, and I'm interested in Where'd You Go, Bernadette. Um, yeah, I heard the book I think it was looks really pretty popular. Neat. I heard the book was a was popular when it came out. Um, well, would they so... make a not popular book into a movie? This book was a total uh, flop. Let's make it a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what's a better reason to, like, hey, you screwed up as a book. Let's try to make this IP entertaining. Hey, um, you idiot. <laughs> well, like, what's a better reason to remake something? If a movie was bad when it came out, like, why not remake it? Like, why remake a good movie when it worked the first time? But <clears throat> Disney execs. Um, so then, anyway, um, we're still going to fit in a time machine, because why not? Um, <laughs> Nick, uh, do you have the page up for the movie we're going to watch, right? Nope. Oh, um, well, I didn't want to be the one to announce it, but, uh, well, I mean, I'll, I'll just say the year and some specs about it. Um, you need to let the people know what we're going to watch for the time machine. We're going to go see what the nineties thought the internet was and was going to be. We're going to see hackers. Oh my God. I'm, A movie I've, ne- I've never, neither se- of us have ever seen, but we've heard legendary tales. Yeah. I've, I've heard a lot about this movie and about how it's not aged very well. <laughs> Um, I'm excited for it, honestly. Um, it's got Angelina Jolie and Johnny Lee Miller, and it was directed by uh, uh, Joseph Slowly, I think is his name. Um, I am a bad researcher and didn't have it, and didn't keep the notes up. You're a bad um, researcher. You asked if I had the page up for the movie I was announcing, and I said no. Yeah, you at I least didn't have either. the page up. Yeah, uh, Ian, uh, Ian Softly. Um, it's from 1995. Peak technological year for us as human beings um but yeah we're gonna yeah we're gonna watch hackers i've heard that aspects of this film are laughably bad now so why not let's give it a shot if you want to join us to watch hackers uh it is on amazon prime and hulu uh and yeah that is gonna cap off our second consecutive double stuffed brownie episode double stuffed (laughs) or no double fudge double stuffed is oreos Oh, right, right, right. Double foot. Fu- God, get your cake. sugary foods right, skinny boy. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, oh, <laughs> You turn into Uter <laughs> from uh, The Simpsons. <laughs> hey, that kid's got bosoms. <laughs> Uh, rest in peace to that actor who played Uter. Oh, he's uh, dead? I told you two weeks ago. No, you didn't. We haven't talked about Uter in six months. The woman that played Minnie Mouse and Martin Prince also played Uter. Okay, you didn't say Uter. I didn't make the connection. That's not my fault. That's like, that's you like saw... going, hey, did you know that the lead... <laughs> The lead singer from Foo Fighters is dead to someone that doesn't know who Dave Grohl is, and then you get mad at them for not knowing it's the... I mean, yeah, honestly, they should, but not knowing it was the well, drummer there's a from bigger, Nirvana. There's a, big, there's a bigger problem there. You can't equate Dave Grohl to Uter. Like... <laughs> Do you guys want us to start merchandising things? That quote should be a t-shirt. <laughs> you can't equate Dave Grohl to Uter. Brownie points get to cinema. <laughs> Well, just well, well. Uter has just left such a cultural mark on our on our landscape. <laughs> that, that that interview that interview when Uter talked about how much he misses uh, Kurt Cobain. 
God, let's wrap this up. We gotta. Anyway, to find our to, to find our social media platforms, go to yeah, Face- oh yeah, go to Facebook and Twitter, Brownie Points Guide to Cinema, and at Brownie underscore Cinema. The profile pictures on there are the show logo, the brownie inside the bowl of popcorn. Also, we have a Gmail, Brownie Points Guide to Cinema at gmail.com. Send us emails there for list ideas, a talking point segments. Uh, uh, questions or suggestions for things. We want to start hearing from you guys. Uh, we abandoned YouTube because we got tired of the copyright strikes. Um, I'm not even though Isla's even though Isla's music only wants a credit, but apparently we sound apparently we sound uh, uh, copyrighted. So thanks. Um, Nick Cage's Nick Cage's last ditch effort to get any money dude. is suing and, us. And if you want to hear my <laughs> rant about it, listen to the end of last week's episode because. That part wasn't planned. I just kind of went off. Um, but, yeah, that's that's our things. If you guys are listening to us for the first time or are just listening to us without subscribing for God knows why. You monsters. Uh, feel free to hit subscribe. Give us a star rating. We are on Anchor.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play. Uh, any feedback from you guys uh, is very much appreciated. Spread the word. Uh, tell your friends about us if, uh, if you think we're funny and you think you have some friends that want to listen to us talk about um, all the random crap that we do every week. <laughs> uh, yeah, just uh, we appreciate any any support that you guys can give us. Uh, we love doing the show. We love hearing the feedback that we do get, uh, primarily like Nick said on our Facebook page. Um, please feel free to email us. Give us ideas for the time machine. And uh, yeah, just help us continue growing our show every single week. We will lo- we'll love you forever, even more than we already do now. So with that, that is it for this week's episode. We will see you next week for Good Boys, 47 Meters Down 2, Where'd You Go, Bernadette, and our time machine trip to watch Hackers. We'll see you next week. Bombardment! Like, just that weird way, that dead-eyed face that Dora, he was staring Dora at Dora in the Lost City of Gold. The movie that's ridiculously hilarious and over the top. Also, a monkey has a stroke. <laughs> <laughs>